0: You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast.
1: Sexton gets it. Three seconds. Two. Sexton at one. We'll ah, win.
0: It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Your home for all things Alabama basketball. That will do it.
1: Alabama
2: all-time and all the time. And the Crimson Tide are the SEC regular season champions.
0: Now here are your hosts, Blake Byler. Animals are like, I don't know if that like
1: like <laughs> resonates with you, but like you always see tigers in like, like on pictures and like on TV, but when you like see a tiger in front of you, it's like, what am I looking at?
2: Matthew Gibson. You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long.
0: And Jacob Pickle.
2: At some point,
0: somebody's got to take a stand. It's like, hey man, the Capitol's that way. Chill out. <laughs> No! Stop it! <laughs> Enjoy the show.
1: Alright everybody, welcome in to the Blue Collar Up Podcast. I am your host, Clay Filer, joined as always by Matthew Gibson uh, and Jacob Pickle. And fellas, we are a week into college basketball season. Finally the season has gotten here. Alabama has played a couple of games, since like two games last week. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about uh, Alabama's games against Morehead State, Indiana State, Um, give you our thoughts on all of that, kind of talk about how the team looks so far this season. Um, But before we get into that, Jacob had um, kind of a monumental um, occasion, monumental thing happen uh, in Alabama's first game. He was presented the um, jacket as Crimson Chaos president, as the student section leader. Uh, Jacob, before we really jump into the basketball side of things, just kind of talk about how excited you are to, to start with Crimson Chaos, um, as the president and kind of what that means to you.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I I'm pumped. I am, I'm truly, really excited. Uh, Monday was, uh, just a really cool experience getting to go down on the court and get the jacket and, uh, be with Luke's mom, uh, just kind of get the, the whole experience, um, and truly like the, the symbolic passing of the jacket and how that translates. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, like, I, I've known for a while that I would be Crimson Chaos president, obviously, but uh, there's definitely a, a new weight and, like, excitement that comes with, like, actually getting the jacket and having the whole ceremony. Uh, you know, I'm, I really am excited. Like, I, I care deeply about like, trying to make sure that the players have the best atmosphere possible uh, and feel the love and support that they deserve for, like, what their performances and uh, what they contribute to the university and uh, enjoy, like, Luke did just like that, like, continuing to build the relationships with players, but also... Um, just to have a good place for students to come and be and enjoy. And I, I think this week was a good start for both of those things, and I'm just really excited to see that continue over over the next four or five months.
1: Yeah, I thought the students also had a really good turnout for the first two games. I think do – you, do you get official numbers on that?
0: Um, I, I do. I have not gotten those yet, but my my unofficial guess slash tally would be probably 1,600 from Monday – and like 13 for Friday 1300 for Friday so that's pretty over as over half capacity certainly better than the the normal fan turnout all the way around um, yeah I mean I, I was pleased we got the the main kind of TV seats pretty filled up for both games
1: so. yeah absolutely now to kind of get into those games I guess we can go kind of chronologically start with uh the season opener Alabama beat morehead state 105 to 73. Uh, It was a huge game from Grant Nelson, 24 points, uh, seven boards, seven of 12 shooting. Uh, I'll go to Matthew first, just from the first game, even from the week, if you wanted to, but what did you see from Alabama? What kind of stuck out to you from the first game um, and and the opening of the season that you saw?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be one, you have to be impressed with Grant Nelson, Uh, obviously coming in his first game as an Alabama Crimson Tide, 24 points. Um, Two for four from three, five of eight from two-point land. I mean, I great game from him. But I think the big thing that stood out to me was Jaron Stevenson, and the game that he had, 12 points, uh, two of five from three-point land. Look, I mean, Stevenson's a guy that we've talked about all year That's we think is probably going to find his way into a starting lineup uh, at some point. And with Stevenson, him coming off the bench and really kind of looking like that Noah Clowney role, he's not as big, he's not as bulky, he's not as good on defense yet. But he's getting there, and he's going to be able to get there. And offensively, he's already been a threat from um, you know both parts of the game. And I, I think for Alabama and Stevenson, I think you just have to be so impressed with what he's been able to do as an 18 year old freshman.
1: He looks just like Clowny. It's so crazy, like actually watching him because we had seen like film and stuff, um, and like I'd seen a practice or two, um, and like the body types are the same. They wear the same number, uh, but then just to see oh. them both or to see Stevenson on the court after Clowney has already left, to see him like hanging out in the corner, making corner threes, him cutting to the rim like Clowney would. They're so similar as players, as like archetypes of players. Uh, it, it's crazy. It's like Nato's cloned him or something. And, and just the way that Alabama was able to utilize them. I think Stevenson's going to be really good. And I, I definitely agree about, pushing for a starting spot i that was one thing i noticed about uh friday's game was that uh i feel like pringle had a really short leash from oats um he played like three minutes in the first half he he like missed some defensive assignments or something uh something that got oats really mad early in the game against indiana state he got yanked almost instantly and it was stevenson that was the first guy put in um i would not be shocked if uh if Stevenson ended up starting by, like, December, January SEC play, just because of the versatility that he brings, I think he can do – he can obviously do more on the offensive end than Pringle can. Um, And defensively, if Stevenson can develop and become an equal or better defender than Pringle, it would be really hard to keep him out of the starting lineup, I think.
2: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And one thing about Stevenson, too, is he's disciplined on defense. I mean, I think Pringles picked up, what, five fouls through two games? Stevenson's played, I think, 38 yeah. minutes and only picked up the one um, in the first game. And I think for him, just he's getting better on defense. Um, again, he's, he's a little light. He's not quite like clowny yet, but he's going to be able to get there. And I think, like you said, by SEC play, I fully expect Stevenson to be in that starting lineup for Alabama. I, I just think he's too talented to keep him off the court.
1: Yeah, I agree. Jacob, what were your biggest takeaways from that first game?
0: Yeah, I I think the, the depth and versatility of the lineup, again, showed off. Um, and it, it, specifically, at guard between Estrada and Sears. Um, I, I thought they were a really great combination together. Uh, both scored super, super well. A lot of tough finishes. Um, creating their own shots, running the offense well at pace. I thought that was just really crucial. And also, like... They didn't even bring up the ball. I'm sure they brought up the ball the majority of the time. The two of them were on the floor, but, like, outside of that, it was literally every possession was like, all right, who's going to bring the ball up the floor and, like, start the offense distribute? Yeah. It was it was cool to see the versatility that we thought would be the case, like, come out into play um, through the first few games. I think the offense is absolutely – I mean, like, that's – there's just no other way to put it. I mean, given, like, competition-wise, absolutely yes, like, those – like Indiana State and Morehead State do not have the, the toughest defenses we will we will see all season. Uh, but just to be able to make shots and put up over 100 in both games, I mean, I, I think well, I think last year we put up 100 on Liberty and then maybe also on Jacksonville State on those two Friday games last year. Uh, and then obviously in SEC play as well. So if anything, I, I think this offense is right on pace and like some of the supporting roles aren't even contributing fully like they will. Like, I, I think you'll see more from Ryland than you have the first yeah. two games so far. Like, specifically with him, I think the Latrell Wrights will come into his own a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. David as well. So, I, I that's kind of what I saw. I was just really, really, really excited about the offense and uh, how well it can pace and just like just not miss shots for long periods of time.
1: I think this offense could be the best that Oats has ever had. And, like, I know it's just been two games. But to start with 200 point games is insane for one, because a lot of teams won't break a hundred this season, like period, like end of the sentence. Yeah. So then the fact that they've done it twice in the first two games and the fact that they have this three headed monster of Sears, Nelson, Estrada and how all three of them are so deadly and so capable of going off and honestly in different ways, like, Estrada's first half against Indiana state was one of the most dominant first halves. I think I've seen from an Alabama player in a long time, like 22 points. He was literally hitting every shot he took. And then they, I think Indiana state took their best defender, put him on Estrada. So then Sears who had a relatively quiet first half goes for 17 in the second half ends the game with like 24 points. All while Nelson had 20 again and was the third leading scorer on the team. And like, he could just do whatever like Alabama kind of gotten a slump rhythm wise offensively in the second half not necessarily scoring but they they weren't in a good flow and they just they were like here 6'11 unicorn go drive to the basket and either get fouled and shoot 100% from the free throw line or get a layup because you're bigger than all these dudes and he has great body control he can finish at the rim really well and so the the three-headed monster of that has been the bulk of Alabama scoring so far. I mean, Alabama has, Alabama has the top two scores in the SEC right now, yeah. which is insane to think about. Nelson right. has 22 a game, and he's tied for first with Ole Mrs. Allen Flanagan. And then Estrada <laughs> has 21 and a half a game. And so the two of them have been scoring more than anybody else. Sears is scoring like – probably 17 or 18, just because it's been two games. And like you said, that's not even including Ryland Griffin, who last year we saw was able to go for – he can go for 14, 15, 16 any given night. Like he's capable of lighting up in three. He impressed me the most, I think, with how like not timid but selective he was with his shots. Like he, he knows that he's a good scorer. The team knows that he's a good scorer but he's not out here just chucking because he wants the ball. Like he's been a very selfless player. He's been a selfless offensive player. And he he also hasn't let that affect him on the defensive end. I think he's probably been Alabama's best defender, potentially best on-ball defender that they've had so far. And so he's not letting his lack of shots on offense affect the way that he plays on the defensive end, which I know Oates loves to see. And that's why he's a starter. And that's why he's a leader on this team. But I mean, you, you look at, Monday's game, he had nine points on two of five shooting, and then against Indiana State, he had where is it, three points three on course. two. Yeah. Like, and, and that's not to say that he's not a good player. Like he he's a great player, and he he's a guy that is able to to go off, and he's going to have games where he lights it up, and we we've seen that. Um, so for a guy who's capable of scoring like that to not really be have to be assertive for a guy like Reitzel, who averaged 16.5 a game last year, isn't really being that assertive on the offensive end. For that to happen, and you're still breaking a hundred two games in a row, like that is a scary recipe for opposing teams and one where like if I'm an opposing team scouting Alabama's offense, I'm like, how do I stop these guys? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, like, there's just so much, and, like, all three of those players, like, when they're on the floor at the same time, draw so much gravity at different levels, because all three of them can shoot the lights out from three. Like, obviously, Nelson the least bit so, but still very quality. Estrada's
1: shooting 72% from uh, three right now.
0: That's unreal. (laughs) On what? On...
1: Like, 12 shots. I think he's, like, 8 or 12.
0: Yeah, yeah, he, he is. He's 8 of 11, so, yeah, like... Yeah, it's just it's, insane. it's crazy, it's, I, and all of them can finish at the rim well and through contact.
1: Yes, like, they're all good. Like you can't yeah. just like glue to them and take away their outside shot because they'll just blow by you.
0: Exactly, and, and if you want to drop off and like you know press out to the line, but have your five like have your center drop into kind of the same protection that Alvin will play. Like yeah. all three of them, like Grant Nelson's going to post you up. Simply put, I like, he's mm-hmm. absolutely bullied the other team, like, at both Indiana state and my state Yeah, twice. Now. Yeah. Like it's, that, that's going to be something he can do consistently. Uh, maybe not exactly at that level of like eight Oh runs by himself, but like certainly if he can get to the free throw line, he'll do it himself. But yeah. Estrada will post up and Mark Sears will post up and take a mid range on you. Like, because they're good at shooting those shots and those are efficient shots when they're open. Uh, like, I, I just – I don't know what you do when you're scouting. And then even beyond that, like, you talked about like, Jaron Stevenson and Ryan. Like, that's – it is a nightmare to scout this offense. And, too, with the creativity and the X's and O's from uh, Panome as well. With that I, I don't think we've seen a ton of, like, uniqueness in the inbounds plays yet so far. Uh, I don't think we've seen a no. ton kind of variation from last year, but I think we will, too.
1: Yeah, like, I don't think you've seen a ton of – Ultra creative sets, and I, yes. I also don't think you expose those in November, because right. like like for film purposes and for the oh, teams are yeah. gonna have to play later. Um, like I don't think you'll see like a super creative dialed up like sideline out of bounds or like baseline out of bounds play until you start playing like the gauntlet of Purdue Creighton Arizona. Like I, I, that's probably when you're gonna start seeing things like that, but. On the offensive end, like, I I tweeted about this, but, like, Alabama's very first offensive possession of the season, you had, uh, like, a little double handoff from Estrada to Sears into a pick-and-roll Sears to Pringle. And so you could either have Sears laying it up, Pringle catching a lob, and at the same time you had Estrada drifting to the opposite corner. And then on the other side, you had Nelson pinning the inside man for Griffin for a corner three. And so, like – One little action, like you have shooters on each corner, a lob and a layup just from like a pick and roll. And so and all of those guys are capable of hitting all of those shots. So you just have so much versatility, like you were saying, um, on the offensive end. Matthew, I want to ask you about Estrada. And so, like, obviously everybody was talking about Grant Nelson as like the guy, the transfer, the jewel of the class, everything like that. But Estrada has been, to me, Equally, if not more impressive, with his shot making ability and the way he plays the game. So, like, what have you thought about how he's played so far?
2: Yeah, well, you know, when it gets to March, the one thing everybody likes to harp on is veteran leadership and having that guy who leads your team. Alabama, so early on in the season, can already say that they have their veteran leader in Aaron Estrada. I mean, this is a guy who obviously now is shooting what seventy one percent from three. And granted, it's through two games, but. That was something that he struggled at. Yeah, this is something that he struggled at at Oregon. He shot 21% from three at Oregon uh, his sophomore year. This is a guy who has worked his butt off to get to this point, to be on an Alabama team that is going to be able to compete for the SEC now. And I think for him, it's not just Aaron Estrada that's being able to step up and be that leader. It's Sears, it's Nelson. These guys already have that chemistry of being those leaders, being veteran guys for this Alabama basketball team. I think that's something you have to be really excited for if you're an Alabama fan, because that chemistry. Is already there. You can see it on the court. Estrada is already coaching guys up. He's coached up Sears even. He's coached up some of the younger guys. I mean, this is a deep Alabama team loaded with veterans. And I think for Estrada, just the work ethic that he's been able to put in, he's made it known that he's going to be the leader of this basketball team. And he has been so far. It's unquestioned. You see it on the court. You see it in how he carries himself. I think for Alabama fans, that's the one thing that you really have to be impressed with. Regardless of what he's been able to do on the court is his leadership and how he's been able to guide this Alabama team so far through two games. And I think we'll see it more as the season goes on.
1: We already mentioned it, but like having three dudes capable of going for 20 in the same game on top of everything else, just, it's a scary offense. Have for y'all, have there been any guys that you've been disappointed with necessarily through what we've seen so far?
2: I mean, maybe Sam Walters a little bit, but I mean, again, he's a freshman. He's still developing. Kind of put it, the output he maybe wanted to see that he was doing in some of the scrimmages versus TCU versus Wake Forest. We haven't seen that yet. You see the ability, but it's just not there. It's going to be able to take a little bit of time. I think Walters is one guy. I think the other one would be kind of like Ryan Griffin. I think Griffin's going to be fine. Um, I think for him, it's just about being not as passive and just being a little more aggressive. I know you've got a three-headed monster, like you said. It can be a little difficult, but Ryland's a very capable player, and I know Seth Greenberg talked to us about this. He's still a very big fan of Ryland and wants to see Ryland uh, have some success. And I think he's going to be fine as this season goes on. It's just kind of getting that mesh along with those guys because Bama has a ton of scorers. And Griffin is going to be is going to need to be a little more uh, aggressive in how he carries himself on offense to find that offensive success. But defensively, everything's been fine with him. Like you said, he's been one of the better all-in ball defenders that Alabama's had. But those would be the two names so far that I think would. Um, and I'll mention one more: Nick Pringle. Pringle's been not so great on yeah. both ends. He's just been okay. And I think Stevenson's outplayed him. And I think he's liable to lose his job to Stevenson at some point. But Pringle's still obviously a, a veteran guy and locker and guy. So you can't be too upset even if Pringle's not playing super well because you got guys like Stevenson who are stepping up. Guys like Wigee, you're probably gonna be able to step up to in that spot. But um those would be the names that I'd be a little kind of watchful for in the future of, oh, are they gonna be able to like take that next step? Or are they gonna kind of either regress or stay kind of where they are at the moment.
1: I think Walters was kind of, I think he was disappointing from like, obviously I didn't think he would do what he did in the scrimmages necessarily in these first two games. Like he had 29 against TCU, like 16 against Wake Forest or something like that shot the lights out. Um, I noticed in the more extended playing time that he got against Morehead State that they were very attached to him, and so they definitely read the scouting report of how good of a shooter he was in those scrimmages, and they weren't letting him really get open looks. I felt like Oates had a short leash with him as well on uh, Friday's game against Indiana State, and I think he might have a little bit of a short leash for the season because he's not a great defender. I think – I don't know if you – Yeah, I don't know if y'all saw, but in a press conference, like, last week, um, Walters made the comment kind of jokingly that he always guarded the opposing team's worst player in high school, Um, which is funny, but, like, I kind of believe it because he's really skinny. He's not the greatest defender, and we've seen that. I mean, I think he fouled out against Indiana State.
0: He did. He he fouled out with, like, four minutes left, I think.
1: He fouled out in nine minutes of basketball. That's really
0: yeah. Weird. I I think he does a lot of overcompensating for like trying to play uh, aggressive defense because like he knows he lacks a little bit of size and like kind of thickness. Like he's still scrawny and he's put on. Somebody was telling like twenty like twenty pounds and still he's like two hundred now.
1: But you're still six yeah. nine six ten, so that's still
0: standing. yeah right <laughs> right. So I I think he kind of overcompensates for that and like is a little frustrated with probably he did not. I'm sure he did not get. Face guarded like he did in the scrimmages where he did against Moorhead State and Indiana State. They were seemed pretty keen on you know we might get thirty balled but Sam Walters isn't gonna isn't gonna make a shot on us. Which he uh, yeah not gonna make hasn't made a three yet. Uh, His yeah. he,
1: he had he has a couple like dunks I think
0: yeah yeah he he had one or two runouts he had like I think a nice putback uh, either Friday or Monday I don't remember so like yeah. A slow start, but also you see the talent, so it's just kind of – it'll come into its own.
1: I think he's – I remember he got pulled in the Indiana State game because he came out and took like a really bad, ill-advised step back, long two that he airballed, and he immediately got pulled, and Coleman like started laughing. Like there was like collective laughter whenever he got yanked. I thought that was really funny, but I think (laughs) – I think Oates is going to have a fairly short leash with him because if he's not hitting threes and he's not getting open on the offensive end, not adding there, then on the defensive end, like we already know that he struggles. And so if he's not playing well on the offensive end, you're probably not going to see a lot of him just based on how he's kind of not been a great – isn't a great defender yet.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I mean, I think the we were we were dying laughing in the student section when he tried to tried to pull that step back, like that turn around sorry. step back. That was yeah, that was too funny. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that going down the line. I think he's going to have to put in the effort defensively, and I, I I think things like that are why like while he's a, a lights out shooter, like he has plenty of room to grow and like become and one an adult. Like he's still yeah. pretty freshly eighteen. Uh. And to like a, a college basketball player in a league full of old experienced talent um, but I, I think he'll get there i mean I, I think our development plan as as a program is pretty elite and has been demonstratedly to be pretty elite uh, and he'll get there but again it may just it, it will take some time and he probably will not get a ton of minutes um and like kind of the game script of subs where it feels like the the under 12 to really the under four sometimes in the first half is pretty pretty sub heavy and where a player like him would probably carve out some minutes um, might not see that at all for a bit to start until you can defend. Well, Um, but kind of on the the stock rising, I I shared those views as well, Matthew specifically with Pringle. uh, He just looked a little lost defensively and uh, he was the biggest player on the court, both games and didn't really seem to use that to his advantage defensively or on the offense. Uh, I, I think teams really can key on him key in on him and just know that like it were bettyako there was at least maybe the threat of like he can put the ball on the floor like not the case with pringle uh and really not the case i, I think Wiggy showed that he can do a little bit more of that uh i really liked
1: Wiggy on friday I'm i, I thought he mind.
0: had a, i thought he had a great run like where we needed just one run to get the game from 10 to 20 and he did that i was i was really impressed yeah, um, he was really
1: good late in the second half. I think he's been pretty solid defensively. He looked a little lost in the first game, probably because he hasn't had that much game action since his foot injury. I think it was foot because yes, other Moe, little Moe was the knee. Scooter Moe was, was the, Mo. Mo was, was the foot. Uh, but well, he was good. I mean, he had – he played 10 minutes, six points on perfect shooting, two blocks. Now, he he did lead college basketball in fouls per 36 last year. Which, uh, that, also that's shows impressive. He had, he had two yeah. fouls in 10 minutes, uh, which is not like yeah. Sam Walters, five fouls. And, yeah, Sam Walters is going to lead the country in fouls per 36 this year.
0: Yeah, I, I, like, I want to <laughs> go back and find the quickest foul out. In Alabama basketball history, recently, like it, I, I don't, it, it, I honestly it, think it it might be the might be the fastest under Oats. Certainly, like that, oh no just, question, it was it was reckless, and each time, like everybody else, like all the players on the floor were just laughing. It's like, dude, like yeah, You're like dude, stop, dude, lock, lock in, but not like that.
1: I I think I think Wagee is going to have a solidified spot in the rotation because. One big is a little thin. Um, Not thin. Well, kind of. I think he'll be the fourth big in the rotation because I think you'll have Nelson Pringle-Stevenson and I think Wiggy will be your fourth big. Um, As far as the rest of the rotation goes, it's going to be very much like who's guarding. You know? I mean, Oates even said, he was like, a lot of these dudes, if they can't guard, they're not going to be playing whenever Alabama starts playing high majors. And shoot, the rotation shrunk against Indiana State more than it than you saw against Moorhead. Cosby didn't play until the end of the game. Yeah, I, I think Cosby played like a minute in the first half, and then he played like five total for the game because he got in when the game was out of hand. So, right. like, that's one player where you already see Oates was like, you're not going to guard. You're not going to play. Um, I thought, like, Diabate didn't play a lot at all. He played like five minutes against Indiana State. And so – and and Walters didn't play a ton. The guys who really played starter minutes were Nelson Sears, Griffin Estrada, were like your top four in minutes. And then Reitzel, Stevenson, which I expect that to be. That plus Pringle, who's going to start a lot of games for you, there's seven. Wagee's going to be eight. And a- as you get into – the the real battle is going to be for that ninth spot in the rotation. Cause I expect like most games, once you get into sec play and big games, it's you probably want about a nine man rotation. Um, and I think that's, is it going to be Walters? Is it going to be Cosby who who's going to defend? Well, I think is what it's going to boil down to because clearly Oates has no problem. Like basically never pulling Sears Estrada Nelson. Which he shouldn't. like. He those shouldn't. are the dudes you want to have on the
0: floor. Yeah, what, 32, um, 32, and 29? Right. And, then,
1: and and that's even with them getting pulled late in the game because it was already out of hand. Yeah. And those dudes are like going to be on the floor a lot. Um, and then you even look at Moorhead State. You had Nelson in the 20s, Sears, Griffin, Estrada, Stevenson, Reitzel in the 20s, the same six. So those are very clearly your top kind of six in the rotation. I mean, Stevenson's played more minutes than Pringle both, both times out so far. Pringle played 13 minutes against Moorhead State, he played 12 minutes against Indiana State. So he's playing like reserve minutes even though he's starting the game. So th- that's interesting to me. I don't know if – like, I also wonder if Oates want, maybe wants to keep Pringle as a starter, but just not play him starter minutes. Well, it, that'll be something that's interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Nate is just super keying in on winning the tip and getting the first bucket. I don't know. Maybe that's, so. Maybe so. Maybe so. No, and I, maybe. I think in the terms of rotation, uh, like I, I, a lot of people have said Chris Parker is the best perimeter defender in, He's yet to play a minute too so i i will be interested to see how much his yeah
1: i forgot about him yeah honestly yeah
0: i no i'm saying like <laughs> friday night I was like pre-game uh we saw him run out he warmed up yeah he did yeah he just he just didn't play so, right I, I guess it was a you're basically ready but not fully ready uh, so Oates, hopefully we we'll see him get some minutes this week but
1: i was talking about his, he has a, an abrasion on his eye and oats was like yeah you kind of need to see to play basketball so that's why he didn't play. And I was like, you know what, Coach?
0: That's Makes fair. Sense. That's a um, good point if I've heard one.
1: The the other thing I wanted to get into was the defense. And, Matthew, I can go to you first. What what did you make of the defense? Obviously gave up 73 against Moorhead State, gave up 80 against Indiana State. They gave up over a point per possession in both games. I think both teams shot over 50% from the field. Should Alabama fans be concerned is this another case of 2022? Like, is this another case of 2020 where you just have like straight offense, no defense? Is it that bad? Like, what do you think?
2: Well, I don't think Alabama fans should expect to have one of these like top 10 Uber elite defenses, but I don't think um, that they necessarily need to be super concerned either. I mean, I, the length is going to be there. Um, I think a lot of it's going to be in terms of, like, development. And they're going to get guys like Chris Parker back into that rotation where he's going to be able to be a, a perimeter defender. He's 6'9", got long arm. Guys like Walters are going to be able to get better as the season goes along. They could be pieces off the bench. Um, you need someone like Nick Pringle to really step up uh, there the 4 or 5. I, I think Nelson's going to be able to get better, um, you know, as he adjusts to SEC play and as the season goes along. Um, but there's just no, like – real this is the guy that's like your best defender he's one of the most like elite guys like herb jones or like kind of like how even brandon miller was last year miller was a fantastic defender and so guys like and whoever else but um there's no like guy i I guess this year that's really your lockdown um go-to guy on defense and I, i think there's plenty of people who are capable of um stepping up and being good defenders griffin's one he's gonna be fine um I think, too, you, they're just trying to mesh, too, on the defensive end. It's a little more uh, difficult than, like, offense because offense is just free basketball. And that's on Nato runs it with defense. There's a lot of schematic setups and other things that go into it. Not to say there's not on offense, but defensively it's a little more complicated there when you get such a big rotation and trying to get uh, figure things out there on the defensive end. Um, but Bama's defense is going to be fine. Uh, they're not going to be a top-10 defense, but they're not going to be – bottom half of the SEC bad or anything like that so I, I don't think there needs to be a huge cause of concern I just think it needs to be something to alabama fans to watch for going forward and seeing how guys are progressing and seeing who's stepping up there on the defensive end
1: yeah I agree I think I think a lot of Alabama's issues against Indiana State specifically came from there they were a little effort based uh, allowing a lot of backdoor cuts a lot of blow-bys which like you shouldn't be getting blown by like a lot of blow by's are like, do you care enough to sit down and guard? Um, And that's like an effort thing. Um, And so I think a lot of that can be fixed with having the right personnel on the floor, having the right matchups. I think length is one thing that's really going to benefit this defense and make it, like keep it from being like a 2022 type scenario. I just pulled up a starting, not a starting lineup, but a box score from the 2022 team. And uh this was the uh the three for thirty game, uh the home Kentucky game. Um uh, your starters, Javon Quinterly, six foot tall, Jaden Shackelford, maybe six one. They lied on his height in Alabama. He was not 6'3. Uh Keon Ellis, 6'6, your four man. Jawan Gary, 6'6. And then Aka was your, your five, uh, a seven-footer. And then off the bench, Rojas, 6'6, 6'7, Gurley, 6'8. JD Davison, 6'3, and Juice, 6'5. So like. That's a fairly small team, to be completely honest with you. And then you look at this year's team. You've got, obviously, Sears is small. Estrada's a pretty long guard at 6'3". Griffin is 6'6". You, then you've got two 6'10 plus in your front court to start with. You've got Pringle and, and, and Nelson. And then off the bench, you have Reitzel's a bulldog of a defender. like He he cares to defend. You have uh, Stevenson and Wagee. Both big men, both 6'11", um, and then you also have um, – who am I forgetting that also comes up? Like you have – you can bring Diabate, 6'7", you can bring Walters, 6'9", 6'10". So you have length, and that – you uh, Chris Parker, 6'9". So these are all guys that you're going to be able to bring off the bench that are, is going to make it more difficult, just because having length in general, whether you're fundamentally sound or not, makes it more difficult on the opposing team. You're, you're big. You have length. Um, so – I think that, like you said, Matthew, like I don't think it's going to be a terrible defense. I think there are definitely things that can be cleaned up, and I think it's things that are capable of being cleaned up. Um, I'm not expecting it to be like a bottom 100 Ken Palm or like outside of the top 100 Ken Palm defense necessarily, but it's certainly something to monitor and something that I think is a weakness for this team at this current moment in time. Now we might see them play great defense this week against South Alabama and Mercer, and our minds might change. And that might, you might see some progress on that end of the floor. Um, But as of right now, it's definitely a weakness. And especially when you compare it to the offense, but also if your offense is scoring a hundred, it doesn't really matter.
0: So there's that too. Yeah. I, one, I just I thought Jawan Gary was taller than six I don't know. No, maybe he just no. played. Maybe he, he just played, was, played uh, like. Yeah.
1: It. He <laughs> played big, but he he Jawan Gary is officially listed for Nebraska at six six two twenty one.
0: Wow. Wow. Um. Yeah. No, I I think that those are good points about the defense, though. I think it's primarily effort-based and just taking time to gel, like what you were talking about, Matthew. Like, I think this is, you know, we talked about this a week, week and a half ago, that this was probably going to be the case. Uh, and, you know, it, it is, it was the case, but it is still a little jarring to see 73 and 80 when there weren't that many times that that many points was given up in SEC play at all last season. Uh, True. And, I but I think the height and the length and the differences there... Aren't going to leave the same like structural deep deep problems defending that um, the hot and cold team two years ago had. So I, I think we can be safe on that and still like even with the the great efficient offense that team had, this team's offense is probably going to end up being far better than that one. Uh, I think that one finished at eleven in Ken Palm. So with let's see, uh, right now where Alabama's already three. So I, I think it's reasonable to say that the offense will be better and the defense will be pretty substantially better as well. Uh, it might lead to some, some bumps along the road. Certainly. Like I think those, those three games of the gauntlet in December will certainly show the coaching staff where the, the flaws in the defense are after seeing the first seven games, um, leading up to those. But I, I think that it's, it's, all worth it. And like, you'd rather figure those out in December than in March uh, or February down the, the final road of conference play, uh, and I think, too, it's like uh, – th- I felt like number 20 for Indiana State got that same backdoor cut where no one was oh my gosh. like five yeah. or six times. And it was just like ha- somebody, like just stand back there and it, it pick him up, uh, which it, it didn't happen, didn't matter. But definitely some things to clean up. I think that's kind of what you want, really what you wanted out of Indiana State. Um, I thought they guarded pretty well. I thought they had some dudes that just could not miss. Created their own shot really well. They
1: shot the ball really well.
0: Yeah, I, I think. The, I think at halftime or close to the end of the first half, we were shooting seventy percent and they were shooting sixty-two percent from three. Like that. Yes. That doesn't really happen. Like no matter what, like that was like we were answering them. I mean, they started off nine zero from three makes on three. But yeah, I think the defense will get cleaned up. I think there's good opportunities to look really good defensively this week guess South Alabama and Mercer to not great teams. I mean, South Alabama lost to Mobile, and then Mercer <laughs> is just not Definitely. just not great. Um, but a little little sidebar: St. Mary's just lost to Weber State at home. Ooh. They did lose. They did lose the
2: Fighting Damian Lillard's. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: South Alabama is one hundred thirty-first in Ken Palm, and Mercer. It's 242nd. So, you know, neither are fantastic. It's definitely an opportunity um, for Alabama's defense to take a step forward. Um, When you look at the rest of the conference from this week, did anything stick out to you particularly? Just to kind of expand what we're talking about right now.
0: say that again you cut out for me
1: oh I was gonna say um when, when you think about the rest of the conference uh just kind of looking at the SEC as a whole did anything stick out to you yeah. after this first week
0: hmm. uh, I thought a and going into Ohio State without Julius Marble and they're down somebody else I believe uh and yeah. winning there was pretty impressive they although win. I don't think yeah I don't think Ohio State's all that but anytime you go to a, a High major away in the first week of the season and can win, that's valuable. Um, Yeah, that's impressive. They're a good team. They're a good team. Uh, That impressed me. I thought Tennessee going to Wisconsin and winning was Mm -hmm. also very impressive. Uh, I thought Auburn put up a good performance against Baylor. I I thought their offense looked looked pretty varied. I was impressed with Aiden Holloway so far. Um, He looks good. He he looks good. I, I think, although I think today after the Baylor Gardner Webb game, that I maybe look at that result a little bit differently from Tuesday for Auburn v. Baylor. Uh, not super different, but I'm, I'm a little hesitant of how Baylor scored that many points on Auburn's defense when they just their offense just does not look like it's clicking for the Bears. Now. But I'd say those three results probably stood out the most to me. I don't think, and the bottom of the SEC looks bad.
1: The LSU but, loss to Nichols is horrendous.
0: Um, Vanderbilt
1: lost to Presbyterian. Bad. Might be worse. Um, yeah, Georgia's bad. Yes, Georgia lost to Wake Forest, didn't they?
0: They did. Uh, actually, no, they, they won. won. They
1: won. they they did win.
0: I, I believe so. They beat,
1: yeah, they they beat Wake Forest.
0: Yeah. Uh, but
1: they're they're two and one. They looked gross against NC Central today. Yeah. Um. So that ew. They play Miami on Friday. They're going to get boat raced. Oh, dear.
0: Uh, South Carolina had an impressive win against Virginia Tech. They
1: beat Virginia Tech, right? Yeah, that's solid.
0: That is solid.
1: They're interesting. They are. I don't really know what to expect from them. I know B.J. Mack had a pretty good game for them. Alabama legend.
0: Alabama legend. Yeah, he's been shooting 40% from three so far. So that's, That's that's pretty solid. Uh, the probably my last nugget would be I thought Ole Miss uh, without some of the, the transfers with those waivers being blocked. I, I don't think I like I think it's going to be a growth year. I think Chris Beard can get them to a better place than they are, like getting back into the tournament. But I think this year is going to be a little, little rough for them.
1: Yeah, it could, it could be a rough year for them. Uh, I think the is it? Oh, yeah, Champions Classic is this week. Very excited to see Kentucky play uh Kansas right that's gonna be good um Alabama has obviously South Alabama Mercer kind of gross you're not really I remember last year Alabama looked really good early and we were all like let's wait and see what they do against Michigan State I kind of feel that same way right now like Michigan I don't know if Ohio State this year and Michigan State last year are exactly comparable Ohio State's probably a little worse um but still Alabama looks pretty good right now. Let's wait and see how they do in Destin. And if they can if they go into Destin and they get two wins, if they beat uh Ohio State, then they beat Oregon. That'd be pretty nice. That'd be they they would look pretty good. If, if Alabama is undefeated going into that Purdue game, then I think you know you have a pretty solid team. Um and obviously this early season is for testing, backfinding, figure out way shrinking the rotation figuring out what you have but definitely been a fun first two games um before we wrap it up do y'all have anything else y'all want to add
2: yeah shout out to jacob for uh hitting that half court shot at the women's basketball game yes
0: thank you thank you that uh that that was crazy i I think i went one for seven on free throws and airballed one (laughs) and then i went went free throw three half court and made them all so i Yeah, shout out Full Moon. I appreciate the the free dinners to come for the next few months. So very very kind, kind and gracious of them.
1: Yeah, the the two hundred dollar Full Moon. We're gonna have Blue Collar Unplugged dinner on Jacob very soon.
2: Correct. Correct. Thank you, Full Moon. Absolutely. Um,
1: When I did the shoot for the moon, I only got the twenty five dollar because I could not hit the half court shot.
2: That's we crazy. just need Matthew I, I,
1: to do it now. We need to get everybody's. Oh, everybody's.
2: Oh, that'd be funny. I, I'm very confident in my ability to be able to, to do that.
0: I love it. Yeah, I was too I, I,
1: until that, that half-court shot was further than it looked.
0: Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, honestly, you get back there and it's like, well, go <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yeah.
1: But all I'm, right, I'm, I think I'm, that's going to wrap uh, today's episode up. We will be back. Um, I think after this week to uh, kind of talk about this week and preview uh, a little trip to destiny, Emerald coast classic, but um, until next time, uh, thank you all for listening and uh, we will catch you guys in the next one.